to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Porter, and I'm joined by regular contributor to the show, Tom Manning. Hello. How are you doing? I'm not bad. How's yourself? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Uh, been a busy couple of weeks. Has uh, indeed. Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about what we've been up to, but first of all, we do have quite a bit of news to, to work through. So I, I guess this week, the, the big piece of news is... Spiel de Yaris has been announced, mm-hmm. and the winner this year is Azul, to everyone's surprise. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, did, did you get a chance to look at the, the nominations for this year? I haven't, no, it's not my, uh, no, my yeah. expertise. Well, it's not something I'm, to be perfectly honest, particularly interested in, Spiel de Yaris. Okay. Because it's, it, the, there's this perception that is that it is the big award for the industry, mm-hmm. and in in many ways it is. But the problem is that the the jury for the award are all German speakers, right? And they're all members of the German gaming press. Okay. So it is very much an award for the German games industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you so the, this year in particular, they they had a bit of a huff. <laughs> Uh, they put up they put a big speech up on their their site about the you know they weren't happy with the the standard of uh, some of the translations of rule books that were submitted wow which is fair enough but to me it, it really served to underpin that spiel the Ars is an award for german games mm-hmm. it is not the main award for the industry it's and a bit like how the uh, american world series is on yeah. the American teams. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's not far off, it is it. So, we we've not had a chance to play Azul, um, so I can't comment on it either way. But it's uh, hopefully we can get that to the table soon. It certainly does look quite interesting. It's like a tile drafting mm-hmm. type game. Um, so I'm quite quite interested to see that. Um, the the one of the other nominees was a game called The Mind. Okay. Um, so I think a lot of people are glad that one didn't win because there's a lot of people that were saying it wasn't even a game. Right. Okay. Um, so it, again, I've not played it. It's it's just not really my bag. But um, it's like everyone's got cards with numbers on them. Okay. And you're not you're not allowed to communicate verbally. You just you just have to look at each other. Right. And I think you you have to like get the numbers in the right sequence, or you need to get the same number. Okay. That's is that I'm not sure that is a game. That's sort of more weird yeah. psychological and experiment. You, you, you had like people were raving about it. I honestly think it's one of these emperor's new clothes type scenario yeah. where it's gone up for Spiel de Yaris and everyone's gone, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it must be something there. And and people have gone, yeah, it's fantastic and all that. And it's it's the art house film at the at the Oscars. It's yeah, the, it's the one that's outside of the. That's it. It's the delicatessen of games. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to get shot down in flames by some <laughs> art house fans for saying that. Yeah, but um, there's quite a bit of uh, a stir in the the RPG sphere. There is, yeah, week. yeah, been a bit going on there. Um, so the the big one is Wizards of the Coast merging their two franchises. They've crossed the streams. Uh, they've crossed the streams, uh, bringing uh, magic officially uh, into to D and D or vice versa. Uh, with Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, um, they've done some little sort of um, online splat books before, where they've they've linked Magic's planes to to the D and D setting, but nothing's been put yeah. into print. So this is coming out in November, uh, and it's a hardback book 
that's basically all focused on the plane of Ravnica, which is one gigantic city um, that is run by these guilds. Uh, and each guild represents spheres of colours from magic, so different mana colours, so yeah. red and white and so on and so forth. Um, but they've they've turned this around and, and made it uh, an actual D&D setting now, so much like Forgotten Realms, Greyhawk, Eberron before it, this is a new setting for D&D to take place in and see how that pans out. So I mean, it stands to reason that the two would be compatible, right? Because yep. D&D's got multiple planes, parallel universes, whatever it does, you want to yeah. call them, and then that's prevalent throughout Magic as Yeah, well. it, it makes a lot of sense, and to be honest, it's, it's quite surprising it's not happened sooner <laughs> uh, in an official yeah. context. Um, but it's a really positive thing for the community in general because it, it will merge player bases in, in places. Obviously, there's going to be people that aren't interested, yeah. but there'll be people that maybe haven't been that interested in D&D because they don't like the setting, but they like magic settings, uh, so they'll want to play in those settings. And equally, there might be people who um, haven't tried magic before from the D&D community that this sort of draws them into the more narrative aspects of, of magic. Yeah. Um, so that's coming out in, I think it's late November. Yeah. Um, they've not given too much information, but it looks like there's going to be some new, uh, possibly some new classes or a new class, some new archetypes, new monsters, new magics, loads of different stuff, um, and a real shakeup to to sort of Wizards of the Coast lineup for D and D. They're moving away from their established settings for D and D, and now moving into their other IPs. Yeah, I, th- I think it, it's. There's been a real shift across a lot of the the fantasy IPs in in recent years. Um, I, I think they're all trying to distance themselves from the the Tolkien esque fantasy a bit, mm-hmm. and I, I think fundamentally a lot of the time it's just because you can't really copyright something that's just borrowed so heavily yeah. from someone else. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it does have a real tonal shift, even from the front cover that we've seen. It's sort of a woman. Uh, with uh, sort of lightning crackling around her, but she's got kind of like uh, they look almost kind of steampunky, but they're not. The gauntlet, uh, yeah, things, kind yeah. of tech gauntlet type things. So it looks different to sort of the cover of Forgotten Realms and things like yeah. that. So should be interesting to see what that does and if that leads on to anything yeah. else. Because I'd be interested to see if this is the first of supplements or if it's just a, a one shot deal. Might, they might just be testing the waters as could well, be. I guess. Could be that. Um, so that 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 certainly sounds quite interesting. Um, I I quite like D and D as a system, and it's super easy to yep. to get involved in. So it'll be interesting to to see where they go with that. Um, and on the subject of RPGs. Um, I was saying to you, cool many or not, seem to be producing a lot more games out with Kickstarter mm-hmm. now, I, I and I th- I think that um, most of these games are not going to have anywhere near the amount of miniatures that the Kickstarter games do. I, I, and yeah. I think that they're going to reserve that model for Kickstarter because obviously the production costs for. Yeah. A game with any minis are big, and when you have the volume that, that games like Rising Sun or Song of Ice and Fire have, that just skyrockets. Yeah. But, um, they they announced on their blog a few games over the the last couple of weeks, so they're going to be doing a a zombie side RPG. Okay. 
which is really weird, yep. I think. Um, I mean, obviously, Zombicide is a very popular brand. Mm-hmm. I don't see how they're going to spin an RPG out of that. So there've been there've been zombie themed RPGs before. Um, one of the first ones I came into contact with was called All Flesh Must Be Eaten. Um, and it was a very the famous zombie creed. <laughs> yeah, it's the motto of the zombie kin. Uh, and it was a it was a very I don't want to call it a basic system because that does it a disservice. But it was a it was a simple system. Yeah. Um, to get into, and it was one that the the company that produced it. Um, I can't remember them now, but um, they use that in a couple of different settings that they they yeah. made games for. Um, and that was interesting because you could play both sides. So you could play the zombie survivors, or you could play zombies yeah. i don't really know how you would make variant zombies you know i'm the i'm the fat zombie you're yeah. the cool zombie you know, <laughs> the, the cool zombie <laughs> yeah, the, the biker zombie he's, he's yeah. Yeah, back yeah. He, um so i don't know if zombie side will, will follow a similar sort of idea or if they're just going to go full-on survivors um in a zombie apocalypse sort of a la walking dead and and that kind of thing i mean there's a lot of zombie stuff out there. There is a lot of zombie. This is the thing. Like I kind of thought we were done with zombies for the most part. Yeah. I thought that kind of had its time. Yeah. Um. You know, we had that the vampire phase. Then we had the zombie phase. We're kind of going through the Cthulhu phase. Um. So I kind of thought zombies were fading out, and I'm I'm quite surprised. Not necessarily disappointed, but I'm quite surprised that they're going zombie RPG because it's something I would really struggle to make a campaign of. I think it'd be great for a one shot. But I think at the, at the end of the day, where are you really going to go with that yeah, narrative? Or, or as another adversary, you face amongst yeah. other things. But you know, um, well, I guess one of the things that I said, and because we, we did a, a video review of a game called Last One In, mm-hmm. uh, it's a zombie card game, and um, in the theme section of the review, uh, I addressed the. Because that's the first criticism you hear about any zombie game. Like, oh, here we go, another yeah. zombie game. I I do think that. I think one of the reasons zombies haven't quite faded out is because, the they are quite relevant to, to us, as a society. Yeah, yeah. Because I I think that's most people's like deepest darkest fear is that they that they are just going to be like this mindless consumer. And I think zombies are a dark reflection of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get that. I think that is one of the appeals of them. Uh, although, why you would then want to see that sort of reflection of yourself blown away in horrendous yeah. situations? That says more about perhaps society. Yeah, constantly reminder: yeah. this is you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make a game that reminds you of it every corner. Yeah. I mean, it's not to say that there's there there's bad zombie games out there because there are some really good zombie themed games out there um, last night on earth has got rave reviews um, that looks great um, there are terrible zombie games out there that we don't need to mention um, <laughs> but there are there are some really good zombie games out there and there, I, I imagine zombies as an adversary in a role playing game, great I love, yeah. I love a bit of a, a zombie apocalypse or a, a zombie themed Halloween episode but to have a whole campaign where it's you versus zombies I as as a GM, I would run really thin on material really fast because you're gonna have to make that either very sort of 
internal politics themed yeah. narrative or survival you know resource gathering right yeah because um, I mean, that that's that's the reason that the walking dead works as a story yeah. right because i mean quite early on in the story um in the comics anyway rick has the the epic line of we we are the walking dead mm-hmm. it's, it's that because they're just surviving yeah right and the 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 zombies really just provide context that's it they're a framework for the sto- for the story of human conflict. Yeah, uh, and that's great. I think that works from the standpoint of somebody watching that. But I think to actually be playing that, it's going to be a pretty grim experience. You know, yeah. oh my god, my guy's on hunger level three. I've got to go and do I eat Bob's arm or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I don't see how they're going to spin it. I I mean, they they can certainly do an RPG out of it, whether or not it'll be a good one. Yeah. Remains to be seen. Yeah, um, but they they have announced another couple of games coming or not to go back to um, them seeming to change direction a little bit. Mm-hmm. They they're doing a wacky races board game. Okay. Um, which I think I was saying to you earlier, if they do a sort of Mario Kart style thing, it could be really funny. Yeah, it could be really good fun. Definitely. If they focus on the the playing the dirty tricks and things like that, I could see it being, and this is purely speculative, but I could see it being sort of you maybe have a, a hand of cards that you play, yeah, and you can maybe like play out, you know, sort of the, the equivalent of the blue shell, um, yeah, or yeah. something like that. I think that would be a good way to go with it, you know, and you draw cards and they give you yeah. new tactics, or you maybe pick things up on the the board. I've never played a racing board game. I know there's quite a few out there, um, and I've never had reason or, or the time to play one but some of them do get really good reviews yeah. so having that combined with the the wackiness uh, of a wacky races yeah. game could be quite cool um, I know Formula D and Flammy Rouge Formula D is the one I've heard of a lot they're, they're two racing games that I've heard a lot about mm-hmm. um, to be perfectly honest like, racing games don't massively appeal to me so mm. it's not something that I I've spent a lot of time in, and um, like I, I never played a lot of racing video games yeah. either. But I love Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Who uh, doesn't? Yeah, and if 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 we could get a similar experience on the tabletop, that 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 could be. I think it's there. I think as long as it's a fast-paced game, you know, with some some silliness, uh, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, yeah. Especially if it's got nice minis, like if it has nice minis representing all the different races, that yeah. could be that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, very iconic characters yeah. as well. You know, exactly. Dick Dastardly, Penelope Pitstop. Although it's mm-hmm. quite a lot of different IPs because I know they're all owned by the same sort of creator, but they are from different source materials mm-hmm. that were all pulled together for that show. Yeah. So I'd be interested to know what the not that I want to get bogged down in the, the legality of it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how does that work? Like kind of bringing all those together for a a board game. Well, I guess well I think Hanna Barbera own all those cartoons. Yeah, so I so, guess they can just license them out. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah. That's so cool. well, I mean, obviously they've worked a way of doing it. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't have announced it. That's true. Yeah. Unless someone massively incompetent <laughs> so, yeah. has just got a bit excited. It's a really strong gamble. So I just say we've got it. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, you laugh about that, but the, that happened recently with uh, was a game called Doctor Evil or something like that. I heard about this. Yeah. Doctor Doctor Evil's sing along blog got licensed as a, a game, but then it turned out the the company didn't have the rights 
The Kickstarter funded and yeah. everything. <laughs> uh, shocking. Actually, guys, uh, <laughs> we don't have the license. I love. It. I just wanted. I wanted to be in that meeting after it got funded, and someone's just going, "Okay, well, we're ready to make it." So, who's got the license documents? <laughs> and everyone's just like, "Yeah, um, <laughs> about that." <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I would be surprised if Cool Many or not had done that. Yeah, no, I'm sure they'll have. They've got their ducks in a row. Yeah, I hope so. Cool. Yeah, um, and then the the other game that they've announced is the they are working in partnership with Steve Jackson Games, who was recently on the podcast. It was indeed. Um, and they're going to be doing a Munchkin board game. Okay. What do you think about that? Mixed feelings. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of Munchkin. Uh, I know a lot of people have gripes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love to, to dip in for a game now and then. I wouldn't say I play it regular, um, but it's a good one to pull out the cupboard and, and throw down with a few friends. Uh, there's been a lot done with Munchkin recently. Um, you had Munchkin Deluxe, which was to me was a board game. You know, it was kind of, but it it wasn't really. It was just a board representing your level progression. Um, then you had the Munchkin Trading Card Game, which you mentioned to me earlier today. Yeah. Um, and now you've got this this board game. So. I don't know. I, I don't know if Munchkin needs to be a board game. It it works fine as a card game. Yeah. Um, but I'll withhold judgment. You know, we'll see what they come out with. Um, I didn't feel there needed to be a a Munchkin vampire and a Munchkin cowboy, but they made those and they seem popular. So yeah, I mean, the, people are obviously buying them, aren't they? Yeah, they they wouldn't keep making them if they weren't. But I think I think the pattern here with Cool Money or not is that they're not just doing. Like other IPs, like you know, they 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 did Cthulhu, Death May Die. Mm-hmm. Um, they they've done a couple of others. That they're actually mining existing games mm-hmm. and do like crossovers for it, yeah. which is quite a strange one. I suppose if you've got an idea and there's an existing game and IP, and you think, "Cool, we can do something awesome with this." Yeah, may as well throw your hat into the ring and yeah, see how it goes. Um. This it could be great. Um, Munchkin's very good for spoofing itself and sending itself up, and uh, yeah, that's true. The genre that it plays with. So there's a, especially with the resurgence in board games, there's a lot of material that you could take the make out of. You could have a game that you know takes the make out of. We don't have the license yet. Things like that. Yeah. In the board game, and that could be really fun to see played out. So uh, while it's not something I'd say I'm excited about, it could be good. Could be. Could be. Um, the other big news is uh, Wizards of the Coast at long last have launched some sort of uh, online uh, card game version of Magic the Gathering yeah so Magic the Gathering Arena yeah. uh, is the new iteration it's in beta at the moment um, but it is it's fully playable Uh and it's kind of their answer to Hearthstone um, and the variant games. Uh, Gwent was another one you mentioned as well. Yeah, Gwent, and there's actually, um, you know, the Fable video games. Yes. They, they've done a card game for them as well okay. that is very good. Uh, it uses that. the morality system as a game mechanic. Right, I've yeah, never yeah, heard of that. It's quite, quite interesting. Okay. But um, I am a total noob when it comes to magic. I mean, I, as you know, I, I play a lot of other card games. Mm-hmm. But for a number of reasons, I I just couldn't ever get into mm-hmm. magic. 
So I thought um, that this beta would be a good chance to to jump in, mm-hmm. um, and I think um, part of me was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it for science, mm. you know, like to, <laughs> to, to talk about it in the podcast for the good of the land. Yeah, exactly. Um, the tutorial was very good. Uh, I, I played through that this morning, um, and you you play like five or six of the planeswalkers okay. and what happens is you add more cards to your deck as you go mm-hmm. so in in each game it introduces a new game mechanic all right all right so you're not bogged down with playing instants and all of that stuff you kind of learn right progressively away. yeah it, it 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 teaches you the basics in the first couple of games and then it adds some a bit more spice mm-hmm. into the mix as okay. it were so played through all of that, great. And then I got to the free play, mm-hmm. like um, you know, playing through the different modes. And you get given I think I think I showed you earlier there's like eight different options yep. for when you go to play a game. Yep. And no explanation yeah. for what they are. That's a real shame. Like just to throw you in the deep end. Yeah. And they're not simple names either. It's they are Name specific to that format, yeah. Um, so you've got sort of the draft, which to me that makes perfect sense. But yeah. someone without the background, yeah. they're gonna look at that going, "What's what's that? What's like constructed? What does that mean?" Yeah. Um, and then to go into that, not really knowing what's expected of you, yeah, for that format, you know, or even if that's in a playstyle you enjoy, that's a lot to ask of someone sort of coming in the gate, yeah. Um, and certainly be off putting. Yeah. Well, it was. For, I mean, I, I got absolutely sodomized. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I played about eight games and won two of them. Yeah. And you helped me with one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's. It does not feel beginner friendly at all. Yeah, I think there's there's an expectation, and maybe this is just because it's in the beta and they've not fine tuned it. But from what I saw of you playing it today, um, there does seem to be an expectation that. While you may not know the rules, you'll know the format, which seems like a strange way yeah. to do it. Because... So, so we'll teach them all the rules and yeah. then not explain anything <laughs> else to them. Look, you know how to play the game. You've no excuse for not yeah. being able to do this. You, you saw the tutorial, get to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so pretty disappointed, to be honest. But it is beta. This mm-hmm. is stuff that they've got time to correct. Yeah. But that seems to me quite a basic thing yeah like it's not as if they have to have screeds and screeds explaining what everything does yeah. even if you just had like because they've got it in the game itself right yeah. where you hover your mouse over the card and if it's got like a buff or a trait or something like that a little window comes up telling you what it is yeah so you've got all the prompts in the game but as for the game modes itself like i mean because if you hover over constructed it should give you a little explanation yeah. of what that does yeah exactly nothing that's a shame. It really yeah. is. It's a missed opportunity as well for, because that that introduction could bring someone into those formats in real life. You know, if they felt more yeah. comfortable with that. And I'm not saying everyone who picks up Arena is going to be running off to the game store and buying yeah. pack upon pack, but certainly, you know, having the rough idea of what you're going into is a step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I, the, there are other card games that I feel a lot more invested in, and. I feel like this could have got me into it mm. and it's another negative experience yeah. with this game to add to the list. Yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed they, they rectify this yeah. 
un- unpopular opinion about magic. All right, go on. I think that where magic has had a very big influence on the way that games are made, and like Steve Jackson in the interview we did with him the other day, in his um, amount of years in the the games industry, said that the introduction of Magic the Gathering in the industry has been the biggest change that he's seen throughout his career. Okay. I think there are better card games than Magic out there now. I, I've had a very similar discussion uh, with friends of mine about Magic because one of my big bugbears about Magic, not to get into the nitty-gritty, is the ma- mana mechanics in that you can either get what's called mana flooded, where you've got too much mana and nothing to use it for, or you can get mana screwed, uh, where you've got no mana, so you can't play any cards. Yeah. And it, Magic is one of the only games I know of that uses that mechanic now in in the sort of really strict format that it does. Most of the games will allow you to use other resources to generate mm-hmm. the equivalent of what would be mana, you know, energy to play cards. Yeah. Um, but you might take a penalty for doing that if you don't have the right cards. Whereas ma- Magic just goes, you don't have it, you're screwed. Oh game, yeah, game over. <laughs> yeah. That and that did happen to me a couple of times yeah. today. Because um, one of the other things that I find really weird about Magic is that you have a sixty-card deck, right? Mm-hmm. To all intents and purposes, it is about a thirty-card deck. Yeah. Because near enough half of your cards are mana. Yeah, you're giving up a, a lot of your your card content to um, just being able to play. Yeah. And I think if you look at games, and I'm not citing these as good games, but if you look at a game like, say, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't have that that kind of mechanic. Um, Pokemon has a, an energy mechanic, but it works slightly differently. Yeah. Um, I used to play a game that doesn't exist anymore, but it's a fantastic card game called Versus. Um, and that had a mechanic where you had mana, similar to magic, that you had to put down, but you could put any card face down as the equivalent of mana. Yeah. And if it was a certain type of card, you could flip it and use it. If it wasn't, it was just a dead card going yeah. to generate an energy for you. Um, so all your cards were potentially useful, but you might have to sacrifice some if you were having yeah. a bad hand. Whereas in Magic, if, if those cards don't come up, it's game over and you're yeah. wasting deck space. Yeah. So, But I think, unfortunately, they're, they're stuck in a position where it's a formula they've had for so long now, they just couldn't change it. Yeah. They would have to completely rehaul the system. And that, that's could. a great example, right, of how ga- games have moved on. Mm-hmm. The the torch has been passed to other games, and that yeah. they've they've refined the the system. They've come up with other ways of of generating energy, um, light seekers and Age of Sigmar champions. Um, what you do in most regular turns is you have two actions. Mm-hmm. And you can use your two actions to play cards or draw. Right. Okay. You don't draw automatically. Yeah. But you use a thirty card deck in that. Right. Okay. So it's it's re rebalanced things. Yeah. Um. And I and I know that they are games that people who play Magic also enjoy. Um. And we we had a similar discussion, uh, Josh and myself, um, about Catan, because mm-hmm. we're saying that like Catan's okay. Mm-hmm. It's again had a huge influence on the games industry. Yeah. But for me, it's like the Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles okay. had a massive influence on music. Yeah. And they definitely did change things. But other things have come out since the Beatles 
that are better than the Beatles. Just full of controversial opinions today. You're going to get hate mail. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, yeah. You said something was better than the Beatles. Yeah. I'll need to, if I had a car, I would need to check underneath it. Yeah. I'm sure you've got a lot of Beatles fans in your, your follower base. <laughs> it seems sure your demographic. Yeah. But I mean, the, the point stands right is that, like, what happens is something will come along, yeah. will change an industry, change how things are done, and then people will go, that's good, but mm. we could tweak it a bit. Yep. Yeah. That's progress. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate that games like Magic maybe haven't moved with the times. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying I don't enjoy magic because I do, yeah. but I do think that that is detrimental to them yeah. potentially, um, and it it could shake up their whole sort of uh, community and and game to maybe look at making that yeah. change. Well, they've got um, the Transformers card game coming out soon. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be awesome. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. Um, how you're you're going to use actions? What sort of currency that that yeah. game will use? See what they've learned. Yeah, um, I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, I, I heard from your your last yeah, podcast yeah. when you're talking about yeah, that, yeah. brimming with excitement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean like we're we're sitting in the unlucky frog studio. Star screams lying in a heap over there, and there's a pile of transformers down there. So, in case it wasn't already clear, I'm a massive Transformers fan. Paint a picture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, let's talk a bit about what we've been up to then. Yeah, all right then. A yep. bit late in the show. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we, we're interesting guys. We've got a lot to say. Busy, busy day. Yeah. Um, so, what have you been up to? I I went to, we, we talked earlier about Age of Sigmar Champions, mm-hmm. which is the new card game coming out from Playfusion. Okay. I went to Settlers in Hamilton for the demo day for that. Okay. Um, I'd already played the game and I, I know that I'm going to love it mm-hmm. and that I'm going to at least buy the stuff for the, the base set Yeah. but because I've not played it in so long I just like I had to get my fix so I went out to play it um, and you know I had, had a great time, played a, a couple of games with uh, with some of the guys that were there, I've got my little wristband to show fashion accessory, yeah. nice accessorising, that's it Um Geek chic. It was the first time I've been to Settlers, though. Okay. I was really impressed with that shop. Mm-hmm. I was there on Wednesday. Yeah. Weirdly, uh, I was yeah. in Pathfinder. Though. And what did you think of it? I've I've been there quite a few times. I really like Settlers. It's very airy. There's a lot of space. It's clean. Uh, it's very clean. There's plenty of product on sale. Yeah. Um, the, the people there I've always found to be, you know, perfectly polite and. It sounds daft, but see, because all the staff are in uniform. Yeah. It means that spotting someone if you have a question or you need help is really easy. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't get to try any of the food, but um, like decent. they had curiosity cola. Okay. Sale, right. Which I mean that that sounds daft, but it's like they're not just selling the usual soft drinks. Yeah. So I I was really impressed with Settlers. No, um, I've I've gone there a few times for Pathfinder related stuff, and and I've eaten there as well, and I quite like the food there. Yeah. Um, I've no complaints with it at all. It's a good venue. Yeah. Um, staff are good. Um, there's enough space to do what you want to do as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's good. It, I mean, obviously, the only issue is that Hamilton's a bit far out for us, but it's a bit of a niche location. Yeah. Um, 
I was quite surprised to hear that it was opening in Hamilton, but it seems to to pull in the, the punters. The rates so. will be a lot better there. Yeah. So I think that's the the reason that we don't have um, massive game shops in Glasgow because yeah. the rates are obscene. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I would have no reservations about going back there. Really impressed with that shop. Sure. Um, I also had uh, last night I had a game of Age of Sigmar, the the tabletop war game with yep. Craig. Um, it was my first game that wasn't using stuff from the Soul Wars box set exclusively, so I got okay. to get some of my Fire Slayers on the table. Um, we played a battle plan, I think it was called Protect the Wards or something like that, okay. but it was uh, three locuses, and I have to defend them. Uh, Craig needs to do 15 wounds to a locus okay. and then break through, and he'll, he would only need to break one site and get one unit in and that would be a minor victory okay so i was a bit all over the place trying yeah. to cover all my bases but then as the battle got to the end i saw that craig was concentrating all of his efforts on one right so that the the new command system really shone in this game because although my general was taken out what happens is you appoint another character as your general which is very thematic yeah that someone else rallies the troops and takes charge as they would yeah yeah and um, it was actually the new generic command abilities that really shone in this game. Okay. So uh, I used a command point to have my Volkites peg it across <laughs> okay. the board. And then I used the command point in a, the subsequent turn to re-roll their charge. And it meant that they just swamped all of Craig's stuff that was trying to get up to reinforce at the ward. And it was, it was game over. Nice. Um, but I think the, the highlight was my rocket battery performed abysmally the whole game yeah um and then i directed a bunch of shots at craig's general one rocket got through and did exactly five wounds which was all it was needed to take the the general out and it's the the funny thing is it was my lord ordinator uh, the engineer that was controlling rocket battery right in every game that he's gone up against this general he has killed her Good with match. a war machine so She's got the lucky bullet. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> nice. Our cards marked. <laughs> it's like, so, I see you. <laughs> yeah. So it was good fun, and like you know, we're quite invested in like uh, narrative gaming and fluff yeah. gaming. So again, it's and, and I love that about games like Age of Sigmar, where yeah. it's almost like the 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 minis have got little personalities of their own. Yeah, they get they build up a little character, yeah. like the guy who always seems to yeah. fall over his sword, and yeah. The guy who's targeting that one general. Yeah, this Great. lunatic, <laughs> this lunatic gun nut that always goes after that one person in the whole army. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, what about yourself? Um, I've been RPG centric uh, recently, so obviously I run the campaign that Josh plays in. Yeah, uh, and I run a sister campaign, um, which I've, I've mentioned as well uh, in articles and on the show. Um, and I'm building up to a crossover of the two. Uh, the two games so my time has been very largely spent investing in preparation for that as it's quite an undertaking yeah it's a it's a nine person game split over two days so we've rented uh, a room in a premier inn like a kind of business room Um, and I'm going to be over the course of two days running them in 
one large group, but also splitting them up into smaller groups as well. Okay, that's um, interesting. And mixing up the people in the party, so they're not necessarily going to be playing with the people they usually play with. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but there's going to be kind of a reason for them to be together, and uh, there's a lot I can't say because I'm yeah. keeping it all very hush-hush. Um, it's, it's a little bit be... like Infinity War, I guess. You it know, is, where, where you've is. got like Iron Man thrust together with Star Lord and stuff like that. It's, it's exactly that. These these are characters that are from different geographical locations. They're also from different time periods, mm-hmm. um, and they're also from very different sort of mindsets. So, whereas one group is is quite sort of heroic, the other group is more. Josh's group is more kind of um, expansionist, yeah. building up their kingdom, and they've done heroic things. Um, but they're sort of building up on their own kingdom, whereas the others, the other group, are following more of a kind of hero's journey. Yeah. Um, against a big bad. Uh, so it's going to be interesting seeing the the players and the characters come together. Yeah. Uh, and have a big sort of crossover event, yeah. uh, which is going to be exciting, but also quite yeah. nerve wracking. And I'm I'm sure um, we can look forward to you regaling us with with that experience. Yeah. Because you are now officially the Unlucky Frog RPG um, correspondent. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Cue cheering noise. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what what that means is that you're you're going to be contributing on a more regular basis than than you had been. Yep. Um, and we can look forward to all that. Obviously, you have a wealth of experience in RPGs. Been doing this a long, long, long time. Yep. Um, Make me sound old. Yeah, <laughs> a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. No, I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, it's it's great to come on board, and hopefully, I can bring some of the experiences I've had, good and bad, to uh, to sharing a bit on what's going on yeah. in the RPG world, exploring some other systems and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to to dipping my toes in some some systems outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, and seeing what's there. Yeah, because we we've actually been sent a couple of um, supplements and things to look at. So yep. yeah, so you, the lovely viewers and listeners, can look forward to uh, hearing a bit more RPG coverage in the future. Yeah, and if there's anything you want us to touch on, let yeah. us know. Yeah, absolutely, let us know. Um, all right, well that is about all we've got time for. It is. I think I think we touched on quite a bit. In- we we did. <laughs> Yeah, we covered quite a lot. We trashed magic. We did. <laughs> uh, Tom came out as the RPG correspondent. <laughs> uh, yeah. Throw magic under the bus and then RPGs. <laughs> yeah. Um, we before we go, we have started streaming. So at the moment, it is every Saturday, eight PM British summer time. Obviously, that'll move to GMT after the, the end of British summer time. Yes. Which is fast approaching. At the moment, we're streaming the Arkham Horror Card game, um, but every other week we we stream other games. So if there's a game in particular you'd like to see on the stream, let us know. Um, you can check us out on twitch.tv forward slash unlucky frog gaming. Um, yeah, great to have your support. Always good to be yeah. here. I look forward to doing more. Hit that subscribe button. Like, subscribe, send to your friends. Yeah, <laughs> all that jazz. Sp- spread the word. All right. Well, thank you for for joining us again, Tom. My pleasure. Yeah, and for everyone at home, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye bye. Hi everyone, it's Charlotte from the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Now be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All you need to do is search Unlucky Frog Gaming. 
You can also show your support for the Unlucky Frog through Patreon. To find out more information, check out our website, www.unluckyfrog.com. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Thank you.